Space Podcast. Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESOAmazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out TangiboundNetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? Which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out. TangiboundNetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Josh Peterson and I talk about the future of SoundCloud for the independent music scene and also for podcasters. We also share our thoughts on the latest Warcraft news and why Annabelle 2 was a big winner at the box office this weekend. And also, why Rainbow Six Siege has done so well with gamers. We also have clips from the latest podcast from Humanican Media, and another hit song from Hyperschmidt. It's another awesome guild of podcasting warriors we have for you today, as we once again delve into... The Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford, of course from Pop Culture, Cosmos, and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being out there listening to us, and we truly appreciate you making us the number one show six months in a row on the Podcast Radio Network. I'm here along with my good friend. He is the man, the myth, the legend. He is the commander-in-chief of Humanica Media. It's Josh Peterson. How's it going? Good man, good. Yeah. Or I guess say it's it's going somewhere. I don't know quite where yet. It's looking out for icebergs, you know. So what's going on, man? What's going on with the wonderful world of Humanican Media? Same old stuff, man. You got your super BS on Monday. Uh, new topic, apocalypse. Uh, the last part of part three, um, and then there's a new what about this happening on the twenty first? And uh, yeah, I mean, just 
keep those reviews coming in. Keep on, uh, you know, both uh, for Humanican and Pop Culture Cosmos. We greatly appreciate that. It's the currency of the realm for us podcasters. Indeed. And the more reviews we get of a positive nature, the, you know, your, your honest feedback, of course, and then the more, you know, notices that we get, the higher on the Apple podcast food chain that we get. And it just helps us so much to gauge exactly what we're doing well and what we need to focus on in the future going forward for the show. Although we've, we've gotten a lot of great feedback so far. We've got a lot of five-star ratings so far for the show and the channel as a whole. Uh, looking through Josh's iTunes channels, as far as for his various podcasts, he's gotten some, some excellent reviews as well. And definitely, if you want to check out all the great stuff Humanican Media has to offer, Josh, what are the networks that he can get a hold of it on? Networks. You can listen to, we're on Podcast Radio Network on Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, uh, podcast.com, Podbean, Overcast FM, Mixcloud, some stuff. Yeah, it's all over the place. Just Google us. YouTube, Facebook, all, all the usual suspects. Indeed, and I'm actually going to continue the effort to upload some stuff to Mixcloud for Josh because that way when it goes to our Mixcloud channel, all those Humanica Media shows, they will go ahead and upload on Facebook and you can just look right off the news feed at Humanica Media game source and also as well pop culture cosmos and you'll see them boom right there ready to play on the mixed cloud option right there so it's been a great weekend so far we got a lot of things to talk about we got the future of soundcloud we've got some warcraft news later in the show talking some weekend box office and also why rainbow six siege has really had some great legs for a video game especially a first person shooter a multiplayer eccentric game that it is and we'll talk about why it's done so well with gamers later in the broadcast as well we have some clips from the latest humanican media podcast we'll throw in maybe a couple in there uh like super bs games cast and topic Ocalypse. got some great stuff from them as well and then also just want to share with you our thoughts on everything going on in the pop culture scene and we truly appreciate you listening to us in doing so so, Josh, the major decision for one of the, I guess, stalwarts of the audio uploading, uh, you know, just one of the ma major audio sources for independent music artists and also us podcasters, SoundCloud was determined on Friday. And it looked very much for the past few months like SoundCloud was going to meet an uh, untimely end. Very, very you know, sad for a lot of artists and podcasters indeed. But on Friday, they got a reprieve, at least for now, with some emergency funding, a new CEO in place, et cetera, et cetera. So looking at the landscape of what SoundCloud offers, first for independent music artists, what does this mean as far as keeping SoundCloud in business for the present time? I think it's more of like a stop measure than anything else. It's just temporary. I think SoundCloud has some business practices that they need to address. I, I think because it's weird because SoundCloud charges podcasters. So you can have like four or five episodes up there and they charge you for the rest of them. They need to. That is limited though. So I know with us, we have chosen not to 
put a full episode, just only bits and pieces, because we did want to uh, go with that option, correct? Yeah, but they should have some sort, because I know a lot of people use SoundCloud to put their music out. It's a, it's a big thing. Like It's not just like a, a small little junky uh, site, but they need to come up with some better practices, like make it make it more accessible for podcasts, like have, have it so you can actually have a podcast section like iTunes does and maybe have some more affordable plans instead of their, because I know they they get pretty pricey. They do. That's why we stayed off of it as far as being yeah. putting the entire library there and also making it our RSS feed. Yeah, correct. And I, I think that, I know SoundCloud, I don't do, they don't offer an RSS feed, do they? Uh, that one, yes, they do. Okay. Because yeah, they... they if you do decide to go on a full plan with uh, SoundCloud and store your podcast there, you do get an RSS feed, which for those out there are not sure what we're talking about, an RSS feed, actually, if you are able to create one or get one created for you, like through SoundCloud, your podcast can now be distributed to other platforms like ours are, can be with so many other different platforms out there. Our RSS feed is originated from podcast.com, and we now then transfer that RSS feed to iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, so many others. I'll share more later in the episode on exactly all places you know our RSS feed goes to, but it's very important for, for podcasters indeed, correct? Yeah, it kind of gets your stuff out there. I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I wouldn't use, SoundCloud wouldn't be my first option to go to as far as podcast hosting goes you know maybe i need to look into it a little bit more but they uh when i think of podcasting i don't think of soundcloud i think more of like music so i think they need to make themselves more known and make it affordable and make it something that like you know maybe they need to start promoting things or whatever but you know as far as the future of soundcloud goes i think they just need to work on their business practices well i also understand with that with some of these homes and that these these areas of you know, these odd places where you can put your audio, some of them really just price themselves out of the market because they don't really want to hold your entire library of podcasts. That's the the insinuation I get when I see some of the pricing structures of all these audio hosting sites that, that you know, when they, where they, they want to host you, but they don't want to host all your entire stuff, only your latest, like you said, latest four or five episodes is pretty much what I see. Uh, Podcast.com. It's a couple issues aside as far as from technical standpoints. It's been a great hosting partner for both Josh's Humanica Media stuff and my stuff as well from the Pop Culture Cosmos. Uh, obviously, the, the price structure is right, but it's also able to go ahead and hold an entire library, and they really have not said otherwise or made it unattractive for us to keep on doing so, which allows us in turn to go ahead and move our entire library over to iTunes and and. Google Play and Stitcher and all the rest of them. So it's very attractive for us to stay with a hosting site other than SoundCloud. For someone like Plasma Z, our good friend who has obviously a, a library of songs on SoundCloud, as he indicated in my interview a couple of weeks back with him, it's, it's very, very important for him to be a part of SoundCloud. But it, and, you know, as times have changed and he's realized the the fact that SoundCloud has not not done a great job of promoting their artists and promoting their podcasts and promoting anything at all in that aspect, he's moved away from being totally reliant on SoundCloud and tried to focus in on other avenues to promote his music, which 
we are a benefit of because we are one of those outlets for him promoting his music as well. And we're, we're greatly appreciative of that. But SoundCloud going forward, I couldn't agree with you more, needs to change its structure on how it attracts audiences and attracts artists and podcasters to its format because it clearly from what you and I both have seen over the years, there's a reason why both you and I have limited our interactivity with SoundCloud and and obviously the pricing structure is the main main ideal and the features of it uh, have had a shied away for now. So it, it hopefully with the new structure in place, uh, hopefully it, it will provide some stability for the company going forward because it looks like uh, at this point in time, it's still kind of tenuous, even with the new funding and and obviously the bad word. Once you have that bad word go out, as far as your company is concerned, a lot of people, a lot of artists and a lot of podcasters may stay away in the future from wanting to go and connect with SoundCloud. Don't you agree? Because I put one podcast up there, but I remember just because they charge so much, I never went back to using it. So. But I'm asking you if if the bad PR that they've created over the past month, month and a half may have caused them some problems going forward with artists reluctant to put their stuff on the platform. Yeah, but at the same time, I know a lot of artists are kind of reliant on SoundCloud. So if you go on a lot of like our friend Plasma Z or Hyperschmidt or you know any of the artists that we've talked to or any artists who put their stuff up on Facebook, they have links to SoundCloud. So it's it's I know uh, Spotify is a little more um, I know they, they I think they charge for you to put stuff up on Spotify. So SoundCloud is the freer option for those who can't afford to do like iTunes or Spotify or whatever. So I think that, um, you know, they still have a market. They still have people. They just need to cater to them more. And uh, as for the bad publicity, it's, you know, it, it's publicity nonetheless. But at the same time, like these artists kind of need SoundCloud. So it's a uh, it's a very unique relationship it is indeed and there are other options out there although anchor is really cool but it's temporary in that it only lasts 24 hours before the station goes off the air uh, so you have to keep uploading re-uploading fresh material or even the same material over and over essentially in order to get the you know the word out uh, there because anchor does uh, you know seems to promote a little bit that stuff that this goes on there a little bit better than what soundcloud was doing but again it's very temporary and there are others out there there are other options out there for for artists whatnot but they just have to go and search for the right option for them and us podcasters Definitely, it's getting harder and harder to find great options. Podcast.com, we have you know had a good relationship so far to this point, but there for others, it's it's kind of hard for them to find that elusive you know place where they can call their home so that they can branch out their network going forward. Because iTunes, uh, as much as we love Apple Podcasts and iTunes, whatnot, it it does not create the RSS feed. It only takes that RSS feed and takes everything off of it. So you've got to go out and find that home that will send out that RSS feed to all those other networks. So definitely hoping for a good future for SoundCloud, hoping that it will regain its lofty status it once had within the music and podcasting industry. And and because I've seen all over social media, people asking for options going somewhere else, abandoning ship from SoundCloud. And 
I'm hoping this new line of funding, this new way of thinking, this new way, uh, this new CEO in place will allow SoundCloud to get a better future and also bring back a lot of what was good about SoundCloud in the first place. What are your thoughts out there on SoundCloud and its future? We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. It's going to be a great show out there for you, everyone out there. It's going to be a great show indeed. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about still. Annabelle 2, just scaring up the box office again. We'll break it down why we think Annabelle 2 did so well at the box office this weekend. Plus also as well, Rainbow Six Siege. Talk a little bit of Warcraft. Got some great stuff coming up from Humanican Media with some clips from their shows as well. But first, we've got a great song for you today from Hyperschmidt. This is Forsaken, and this is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Stop, take us again out. Do you really want to make me stronger? I'm living without a doubt. I can wait another minute longer Do you know what you were talking about? Because I think you couldn't get much stronger I'm living without a doubt Now all your followers begin to wonder Get up, we'll fight Oh, they will know I can see that look in your eye Now you know that I found my purpose Now I've got this fire inside my head Stuck in the clouds of thunder All the traps defined by the light Now all your followers begin to wonder Get up, we'll fight the darkness Right beside you day and day This is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. 
Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I would say Rogue One has a more worn feel. And I love it for that because it looks a lot like New Hope where everything isn't shiny and plastic like the Star Trek films. We always talk about timelines and the franchises that we love. And now it's kind of like, okay, now we're going to do a Han story. Now we're going to do Obi-Wan story. People do still like to go into movies and watch things that are different, watch things that are not related to superhero franchises. With him, you might get the Russell Westbrook thing. Kevin Durant leaves and he goes, I'm not going anywhere. This is my team. I'm going up it for the long haul. If you're into like very strategic style games and the co-op games in general, it's a highly recommended game overall. And it's a sense of depth and personality that would escalate fighting games to a higher degree. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Every week on the Podcast Radio Network and Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. And we're back with Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. Like I said earlier, we are available on numerous array of outlets. Mixcloud, we upload. It, it's on its own type of format, so we truly appreciate everything that Mixcloud does. But everything else we do is on that magical RSS feed, starting with podcast.com, but also as well, we are on iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, the Ace Podcast Network, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, the Gunna Geek Network as well, Cast Crunch, and of course, our home site, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And then, of course, we're the number one show six months in a row on the Podcast Radio Network, and it is all because of you. Well, Josh, it was a you know a pretty uh, kind of mixed bag at the box office with a lot of uh, fit movies that are really underperforming right now. Dunkirk seems to still have some legs and, and it's doing okay, but a lot of other movies like The Nut Job 2 performed, uh, I believe, was one of the worst performing movies for a movie that domestically that that was released in over four thousand theaters. I also as well, last week's The Dark Tower really uh, uh, stumbled at the box office as well. But Annabelle 2 really still provided magic that only horror movies seem to bring by winning the box office with about $35 million this weekend domestically. So I ask you first, Josh, what is it about Annabelle 2 that makes it so attractive to audiences? And then does that lead into the items that we've said before in regards to horror movies, low budget horror movies, hitting that niche with audiences? Of course, yeah. People like horror movies. Like they can be bad horror movies. I remember when I used to work at a movie theater and anytime a new horror movie came out, like it would do surprisingly well. And it's not just, it's, it's usually young, like teenagers that come to see them. So I imagine Annabelle is probably attracting a, a fairly decent amount of them. Plus, it's I, I think Annabelle is also sort of deceiving in the fact that a lot of people are expecting, you know, a movie like The Conjuring, and it's not gonna, it's not quite that. I remember, did you see the first Annabelle? It was pretty bad, pretty bad. And I went into that expecting the same kind of, uh, you know, like great storytelling and uh, thrills that I saw in The Conjuring. And I did not get that. So. The, the fact that Annabelle 2 is doing so well is, you know, it's surprising to me. But it, it, then again, it's not. Because anytime there is a horror movie, people are going to go watch it. Because if you look at the the last 
you know, a couple of insidious movies, they've been pretty bad, but people have still paid money to go see them. So it's just, you know, it's just horror movies for you. People, people like them. People won't ever stop because people like to be scared. It's kind of a, it's a novel feeling. And, um, you know, as long as they keep making movies like that, people will keep watching them. Well, remember last year when we had that run of, of really solid, low-budget horror movies that seem to connect consistently week after week after week with audiences last year? I mean, that was just right in a row. Well, first off, The Conjuring 2 was, okay. was yeah, that, that hit big. And there were several others that really connected with audiences. And I'm telling you, Josh, it was just amazing to see these these very profitable movies for the studio that seem to hit a niche. And I was surprised this year when we really haven't seen that much of that outside of Split and Get Out. Uh, we really haven't seen much of that success translated this year with audiences. But Annabelle 2, almost you know, mirror image of what Annabelle is doing, uh, just a tick less. And I still think that you know, for a movie that's going to cost according to reports, $15 million to make, and it's already made back its production budget. It just seems like it, it's been a big win for, again, for for this type of genre. And uh, I guess when we see what Jigsaw is coming later this year, is that correct? Right, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that. And there's a new uh, Leatherface movie coming out. Yeah, I wasn't so hot on that one because, I, I don't know, it just didn't look appealing to me. But Jigsaw trying to recreate and reignite that Saw franchise. I, I think uh, that might look promising, don't you think? I don't know. Like, I I feel, you know, it's, I like the first, like, three Saw movies, but then I, it just kept getting, it's the same thing over and over again. I'm not a huge fan of, like, torture flicks, but uh, the first three Saw movies managed to tell, like, a pretty solid tale. And it's if we're just going to have some guy copying what Jigsaw did, I don't know how great that's going to end up being. But people are excited about it, so that's that's good. And it shows that people are hungry for movies that don't involve superheroes or interconnected universes. So that that's exciting in that fact that it could mean a rise in those types of movies again. Although Annabelle 2 is part of an interconnected universe. Yeah, but if you ask your average moviegoer about that, they probably would have no idea. This, this is true. They said, hey, it's, is that the movie with the doll? Oh, okay. Yeah. We're movie nerds, so of course we know stuff like that. Well, but then there's also, uh, I cannot wait until, you know, they're going to probably resurrect the, you know, the Final Destination movies and all that again because they had such a success of those series of those type of movies because you see at least Hollywood still can recognize a formula when there is one with low-budget horror flicks doing x amount and they can pretty much if they're halfway decent that's what they can count on so we should see again like revival possibly the final destination series obviously the jigsaw coming back to theaters leatherface being reignited again uh, could freddy krueger be reignited for a new nightmare on elm street uh, i wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility as well so uh, any other horror franchises that you could think of that maybe re you know reignited once again to to audiences? I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the Grudge come back. Yeah, that, that's like that's what I thought as well. That's a good one. The first one terrified me, and the second two kind of ended up being like jokey a little bit, like campy. So if 
hey, you put it in the uh, hands of a director who can handle it, I'm sure it would be something that people would flock to go see. At least for the first couple weekends, that seems to be the tradition with these type of flicks. The first two weekends are pretty strong, uh, and then it really goes off kilter from there. So, But like, like I said, by the time the first two weeks are done, they've already made back whatever they put into it. So that's usually a, a great sign for the movie industry as a whole. And obviously, for horror fans who just really love to be scared when they go to the theaters, this definitely is a good sign indeed. What are your thoughts on Annabelle 2? Did you like it? Is it something you're looking forward to? Are you done with the Conjuring franchise? Or are you done with the horror movies like this as a whole? Tell us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanican Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? When one speaks of the perfect symmetry between science fiction, fantasy, and horror podcasting, with a special emphasis on Doctor Who, one should become a connoisseur of transmissions from Atlantis, featuring JC and Rita Delatore. While both will have a passionate and vigorous argument on the subject of the day, they do so with the utmost respect. What? That wasn't stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. Stupid. And dignity. Commander Riker here. <laughs> I'm by the book. Yeah. Prime Directive kind of guy. Prime Directive. Geeky, geeky, geeky. Join Transmissions from Atlantis weekly at transmissionsfromatlantis.com and part of the ESO network. Hmm, yes. It's quite good, really. So here's what's going on with the guys from the Super BS Gamescast. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Yeah, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. What I want, what I want, what I really, 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 really want is for all of you listeners to send us an email <laughs> at superbscast <laughs> at gmail.com. All right, lo- levels are good, and <laughs> levels are good, and roll. Uh, are you ready to roll? Again, superbscast oh. at gmail.com. We are back again from the dead, ready to break some bread. Everybody knows that rap, and we loved it, and we changed it. Um, no, that's cool. What it's do you... called the Ultimate Evil Edition. Okay. Mom, I'm sorry. Um, but it's really good. We'll this was kind of ironic. But Mom, Mom no bad reviews. Uh, <laughs> please. Um, no, what do you think about the Necromancer? I never got a chance to play that character. The Necromancer is, is really fun. I'm only level 13, so I don't have a full you know scope on what the play style is going to be like. Okay. But um, there's a lot of summoning abilities, but also there's a lot of mage-like abilities too. Um, they really capitalize on the corpses that you create. So you can you can have all these sort of like corpse explosions. You just have a lot going on. You can have um, sort of like mage-like damage and you have your summon group and it's just a really fun class. Uh, you don't have gold, right? Gold? Xbox Live gold. Oh, the are, oh no, I do they, not. They're giving away the DLC for gold free, card. right? Wasn't that causing some problems? No, no, no. Uh, they're not giving away DLC for free. But the mm-hmm. reason why I ask is I am also an owner of Diablo 3, and it's a great game to play together. You can play yeah. four-player co-op at home or online. Um, did you finish the first dungeon? Uh, first dungeon being King Lyric? Or? I, I think so. I've never actually finished the first dungeon. <laughs> so, I mean, I haven't beaten Act 1 yet on okay. this playthrough, but I just 
finished um, King Lyric, who I think might qualify as the first dungeon, and then you go and you find Tyrael, uh, who's the Fallen Star. Is all that, that business the castle? It's a cathedral. It's okay. not really a castle. The what? castle, I think, is Act Two. It's been several years since I've played it. I, okay. I played back as a monk and a and the voodoo dude. I'm in Act One, and I'm pretty sure I'm in a castle. But it's like a it's like a town, right? Kind of, yeah. But yeah. these two gentlemen don't seem to know anything about this <laughs> game, so uh, it's an awesome We're, game. I want to know what you've been playing, Jake, on vacay. Uh, beat Shovel Knight. Oh, <laughs> nice. Just, uh, just the first com- campaign <clears throat> with Shovel. Uh, I started. You uh, buried it, bruh. You buried <laughs> it, bruh. Um, I still haven't beaten Specter Knight campaign or uh, Plague Knight yet. Are those the difficulties? No, no, no. no they're no. all are separate they campaigns. Different characters. Oh, yeah, like okay. it, it was actually pretty cool because you beat the story mode with Shovel Knight, and then it's like when you pick Plague Knight, it's like meanwhile, while while this oh. is all going on, he's got this going so on. They intertwine so it, okay. I just started Plague Knight. Um, I actually heard uh, the other ones a little better than Plague Knight, but um, I enjoyed it. Quite a fun game. Uh, it's on uh, on everything. It's on Switch, which is Brian's yeah. favorite. I love it. Um, <laughs> Actually, uh, Dank Bank, aka Donna, he has it and he beat it and he loves it. First yeah. playthrough. Uh, so that's by uh, Yacht Club Games, and yeah. I know they're. Um, I think they're releasing one more King story. Knight. Yeah, and then they also, I believe, announced that they are working on a Super new, Shovel Knight. A new project. Can you just uh, let him get one oh, word? Sorry, out? sorry, yeah, Brian. This I'm isn't a, this isn't the Brian podcast. This is the Brian interrupt. Guys, get a. It kind of is Brian. <laughs> yes, I know. BS stands for you do Brian you. sucks. <laughs> Poppy, we are Poppy. Brian, we are you popcorn. Roll over me. Yeah, you verbally sandbagged yeah. me like that. as much as you want. Think, think, think of somebody <laughs> no, else besides yourself. Lay it on thick. <laughs> I just know the idea that everybody wanted was to have a super shovel knight because shovel knight's eight oh, bit. So like to have a super <laughs> NES. Yeah, I'm roasting. <laughs> I'm roasting Jake right now. This is what I want to do. No, that's a great game, and I want to see like I would love a super shovel knight. I love a shovel knight sixty four. Like oh, I think the idea no, is that really would fun. be really great. Yeah, Grid. I love Yacht Club Grid. games. I know shovel knight's a character in ukulele. Yeah, which I want to talk a little bit later with uh, Dave about that. I don't know how deep we'll get. Maybe into we'll it do today. Aaron of grievances at the end of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the Super BS Gamescast available today on iTunes, YouTube, and all other Humanica Media outlets. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop. Culture, Cosmos, and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being out there and listening to us. We we thank you so much for being part of the broadcast here today. Josh Peterson from Humanica Media back with me as well. And Josh, I tell you what, Rainbow Six Siege, it's been this game that came out with yeah, okay reviews and whatnot, pretty solid. Came out with also as well, uh, you know, a pretty okay, solid, you know, as far as response from fans and sales and whatnot, but it didn't blow anyone away. But it has stayed continuously on the US and UK charts week after week, month after month, not to the point of GTA 5, mind you, but but still a, a very, very solid performance indeed to where Ubisoft has, you know, reported as having over 20 million players that have played the game. And obviously that means to a, a, you know, a great amount of sales. So I ask you, Josh, as someone who used to play the Rainbow Six games of the past, what can you attribute this kind of success with Rainbow Six Siege as a multiplayer platform? 
it's one of those games that's like Call of Duty, how people kind of just go home and play it over, and they just play with their buddies. It's more for the casual gamer. I, I remember specifically, like, when, because uh, the last one I played was Rainbow Six Vegas, and I would come home, and, like, my buddies at work would all be playing it. So I'd jump on and play with them for a while. And even if you don't like the game, like, it's still a good way to kind of entertain yourselves. And the, the great thing about Rainbow Six is they're always offering content. Like, it's, to me, it's kind of like a, um, I guess, a version of Overwatch that's it's it's not not as detailed as that but it still has a lot of stuff and a lot of people playing it and they're you know they're, they're they they pay attention to what their fans want and they fix the bugs that's the one good thing about Tom Clancy games that uh, Ubisoft has always taken care of their fans and I think that's one of the things that always brings them back to it well absolutely I couldn't agree with you more on that and then also when you think about it like you pointed out they really respect their community and don't just dump a DLC and then call it a day a few months after they have consistently provided time after time, new maps, new features, things to look after. And that's why that that's kept that community so robust month after month. They did cancel a, a DLC earlier this year, but replace that with other options and that they've kept the community at large somewhat satisfied with all the stuff and operation blood orchid which is coming out later this month is going to add so much more to that with a new map and more operators and just shows that this game has been doing well enough because of the support that both ubisoft and the fan base is giving it and it just shows with when you have a multiplayer platform like that like overwatch and well, like this week with Lawbreakers, everyone is, is hoping for that they, they will provide a robust community with a lot of options month after month, or at least in, in a, you know, a reasonable time period so that fans will not get tired of the game that quickly. So it's definitely a good sign why Rainbow Six Siege has done so well. And it seems, well, to me, it's been a very, when I play it, when I played the game, it has been very tactical about how should I go about, you know, either trying to to take down my enemies or protect myself, or find a way to make it difficult for my opponents to come at me. So, definitely uh, it's from that realm, it's it's been very intriguing to watch and and be a part of as a as a gamer. So it really speaks to the quality of the game itself because i think it's a really really well-made game i think it's one of the the best first person shooters out there and i'm looking forward to spending more time with the rainbow six siege community playing the game so it's definitely a, something uh worth looking at if you haven't already and i'll tell you what it looks like continuous uh support not only from the esports community but also from the ubisoft community as well giving it continued love with new maps, new operators, just just goes to show you how well this game has done and how well this game will continue to do moving forward. What are your thoughts on Rainbow Six Siege? Do you, do you play it regularly? Is it something that, that you're looking to get into? Is it, looking, is it something that, that you might think that it might be something you want to pick up later this year when it maybe goes on a little bit more of a discount? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also, as well, Humanica Media, 
Game Source, and Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and Twitter as well. Rob McCallum Films is back in 2017 with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. Here's what's going on on the latest Topicocalypse. Welcome to Topicocalypse, where four, sometimes more, educated and or opinionated people gather around a table to discuss random topics for your amusement. I'm your host, Josh, and I'm gathered. I'm joined here today by Jake, Jasmine, JB, and the usual suspects, Daniel and Eddie. But it's like, you start to feel like close to these people, and you know, it's like, I'm not saying that I agree with people, you know, like following these celebrities around, but I can see how they could feel like they're friends with this person because they know everything they do every day because they post it all the time. Okay, see, it's funny you mention that because we live in, a, in an era now where we can directly talk to people through Twitter or Instagram or whatever. I mean, they don't have to respond to us, but like we have the ability to pick a fight with them and sometimes they respond to it if they get angry enough. So it's... Yeah, and so like I commented on... I watch WWE wrestling. It's fine, mm, whatever. Yeah. But like, I had commented on someone's, you know, one of their wrestlers' posts, and he liked my comment. And I was like, I got like a huge, like, <laughs> like a you know, a adrenaline boost because he liked the comment that I made. I'm like, oh my gosh, he knows I'm alive. You know, it's kind of like a, <laughs> it's a weird, you know, it's like a weird slippery slope to where you, you can, I can see where people take it too far. That's the Topic Apocalypse podcast available today on iTunes, YouTube, and all other Humanica Media outlets. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Here's what's happening on the latest What About This podcast. And so all that to say was I almost made a fool of myself in front of Paul McCartney and I decided not to. No, it wouldn't matter, man, because they're not the most so, here's, so, so you, you think that they're the most influential band in the last 100 years? I think they're the most influential band ever. <laughs> ever. So when you, when you, so here's the, here's part of the problem that I have is, and what do you mean by that? What I mean is, I think that they shaped the way that a rock and roll band is today. That no band, no music group, especially one that plays their own instruments. So a band like a, let's just say I'll just stick with this rock rock band. Okay. No rock band would be who they are if the Beatles hadn't modeled what it looks like to be a freewheeling, say what you want, do what you want rock band. So no one. So so 
So more influential than Bob Dylan, more influential than Elvis. Yeah. Yes. No. So so they're but they're they're Dude, pop. Bob Dylan's not even in the discussion. Elvis can he be is, in the discussion. He no, is in the not. discussion. Watch he this. Is. Because on all lists he's like number two. Name two number three. Name name three Bob Dylan songs. That's a bad argument. No, the it's winds not. Are changing. <laughs> One? Uh, what was it? Not like a Rolling Stone. So far it sounds like Bob yeah. Dylan. But I couldn't I couldn't name you. I couldn't name so so you so you you're saying that they're the most influential band because when you walk around you ask people who's the most influential band, they say the Beatles. Every time. Just because they're popular or because they're the most influential. One person said Bob Marley, and that caught me off guard. <laughs> and they were old. Yeah. <laughs> Older. Yeah. But at to this is going Someone said the Stones. Someone, yeah. So we started doing yeah. we started doing research and like asking people and because we got Mika almost fought. Yes. Is that gonna happen today? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> he is wearing jersey shorts. They're not jersey and shorts. <laughs> They're running shorts. <laughs> They're for shorts. exercising. So, so my not my you wear <laughs> I said. <laughs> notice, you, notice, I said they are for exercising. <laughs> I didn't say they're what I wear to exercise. <laughs> you would say they're all purpose. Yeah. So my deal is, is I would say I would say they're for sure one of the most influential bands of all time. Yeah. There's a. But part of the thing is, is you're saying you're saying, and what you said that night is on music. So now you're changing it, and you're saying on a rock, freewheeling rock band that says whatever they said, and you said. Because I said one of the most influential bands that continues to be one of the most influential bands is Nirvana, and you were like, "No way!" I'm, and so what yeah, I'm saying they can't, is, they can't I'm, see. I'm, I'm they, with they, you. They what can't I'm saying is they didn't make an impact on the world. People can't see that I'm 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 putting my head yeah, into my hands. No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm on with combat. So you're saying they didn't make an impact on the world? I, they I'm did. saying they didn't I'm, make. They didn't. Wait, 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 are, they, are we talking about whether they're impactful or influential? They, either one. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, I, I yeah. Pick whichever word you want, and they wouldn't even scratch the surface to what the Beatles did. I but they, agree. but they, I agree with they that. had, they had, they had a third, a third of the time, really. Hey, and a tenth of the audience. A third of the time, right. and they haven't even been around. They've been around maybe a third of the time. But they're, but they're nowhere near the the conversation when you talk about the greatest bands of all time as they are with the Beatles. There are, there, there. You didn't say Nirvana is one of the greatest bands. Of all they time. are. I'm just saying when you're talking about the greatest bands and you say the Beatles and then you say Nirvana, they're on different tiers. Yeah. No. So I would, I would argue, I would, I would agree that the Beatles have been more influential. Right. But you were negating, and you were saying even into music, period. Yes. So now, are you retracting all of music? Like Tupac is just like, dude, the Beatles is what shaped, and and and. I, so I would go so far as to say <laughs> the Beatles had the Beatles had a part in why Tupac is Tupac. Okay, so sure. So, so, so did Elvis, and who who but, paved the way for El, uh, for for the Beatles? Elvis did. That's the What About This podcast, available today on iTunes, YouTube, and all other available Humanic Media outlets. It's time for more sarcasm, more gloating, more pop culture BS, and ridiculous video game chat as GamerCast returns for Season 2. My name is Rob McCallum, and this year, once again, I'm joined by Mr. Glenn Stanway and my lifelong friend, Jay Bartlett. This year, the show moves to a slightly different format, favoring a more unedited adventure that lets us include more topics as we get together once a month to vent and celebrate everything going on in the gaming industry today and yesteryear. 
the fact that I knew I wanted to play Zelda and I needed something to play it on. So well, it's it like, seems well, I might like a fantastic console, console, right? console, right? Um, I don't know if I would have done that if I'd had a Wii U to play it on. Uh, I don't regret having it. Uh, it. It's a cool piece of hardware, and like, I'm definitely really looking forward to seeing what they. When do we with. get Tiny Rails on Switch? <laughs> I don't think that's. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, we got to worry about Steam first. All right. I'm with but, you there. I don't think if they didn't have Zelda to launch with the Switch, the Switch would have done well, but not not what it's. I think that's that's now. helped. Yeah. It is the system over yeah. right now. Oh, they yeah. sold They're smart, so man. many units. They did the same thing with uh, when they launched the Wii. They had Twilight Princess on the GameCube and on the Wii. Like they're. It's bright. It's a bright move. And the Wii U had <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Not really. How was the launch for the Switch? Since you worked at, at a video game retailer, was it exciting? I forgot oh, yeah. that it was launching. It, it was great. It was midnight. Uh, no, 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 no midnights here in Canada. But uh, well, at least we're my city. But uh, yeah, it was exciting. It was great to see everybody pumped. But again, it was Link. It was Zelda, and that's all it was. Everyone I think by holidays, it. when Mario Odyssey finally yeah. comes around, you're going to see a lot of systems getting moved. Yeah, and we're going to have like the deluxe edition of Mario Kart 8 is yeah. in the summer. Right? And Splatoon 2. In um, April. So yeah. you're, by, by Christmas already, you're you, going to have four IPs. I am, I am so glad they're doing the re-release of Mario Kart 8 on it. I know, I know we crap on re-releases and repacks and stuff like that, but like I said, not having a Wii U and loving Mario Kart 8 as much as I do... To be so able how to, did you play Mario Kart 8 then? Well, I had I had a Wii U. I don't know. Okay, so that makes sense. Um, so there you go. But to, to have the opportunity to get the game again and get all the DLC with it and get the proper battle mode, which was the only thing the original game was lacking. So that brings like a huge question, like what happens year two for the Switch? Because if year one you have Zelda, Mario, Mario Kart, and Splatoon 2. Obviously the answer is Metroid. We've been saying that ever since we it, started this it show. It better be. Please let the answer be Metroid. Glenn just made it with the microphone. Derek. Um, yeah. It, it's interesting to see that people were like lukewarm on it in the gamer circles I saw online and then all of a sudden when they, once they got their hands on Breath of the Wild it's like, oh my god, the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Darren Griffin from Warp Zone didn't pre-order Zelda or or, we, or a Switch and then he got it he's like, he loves it now. He, he said it was the best Nintendo game ever made. I uh, actually said that. I pre-ordered my Switch because I knew that knowing Nintendo, if I didn't pre-order one, I wasn't going to get one until like November. So I figured I might as well get one while the getting was good. And we were gone that weekend because we were still in San Francisco when it launched. Sure. So we woke up that morning and started reading the reviews and then started like cursing our luck that we weren't back home able to pick up our, our Switch pre-orders yet because uh, we were seeing all these like 9 out of 10 and 10 out of 10 reviews rolling out. And um, I have to say, I, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm really looking forward to getting like a solid weekend where I can just kind of sit down and spend a little time with it. But um, but so far, so good. And I, I do like that it has been really surprising in a lot of ways. And it is really refreshing in a lot of ways. It kind of, it, it really is, it, it's the game that they needed to do Link Between Worlds to get to, I think. You know, they had to do Link Between Worlds and play around with some of the traditional conventions of Zelda first in a little bit more familiar setting and then they could go kind of go hog wild and go okay here's this completely different thing now and, and it's just weird to have a zelda game that's kind of influenced by skyrim and dark souls and yeah. that, that's a little weird yeah. uh, but it's uh, it's cool 
So if you like the idea of arguing with us, though we'll never be able to hear you, then you definitely want to check out GamerCast. Season 2 is really going to take it up a notch. That's GamerCast here on the PCC, the Pop Culture Cosmos, on iTunes, and on Podbean. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Joe Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. Josh Peterson from Humanica Media. Before we talk about our last subject and head on out, I got to hear what's coming up this week from Humanica Media. Uh, same things as usual, man. Got your uh, Super BS coming at you on Monday, uh, new Topic Topicocalypse. And then on the 21st is a new episode of What About This? And then, uh, as always, tune into the Podcast Radio Network on Tuesdays at 7 o'clock. Oh, that's awesome, indeed. And this, that is Attack of the Mannequins on the Podcast Radio Network at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. It's definitely a great show that's a can't miss. And then also check out on Friday... 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. It is the PCC Multiverse on there as well. And if you can't catch on the Podcast Radio Network, well, there's so many different available options to download. And you can always check up on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook site for all the different listings there. Josh, uh, tell me about your Warcraft memories as far as you know your thoughts on the Warcraft series. Not only just the World of Warcraft, but the, the Warcraft games as a whole do you have any special fond memories of, of playing the series uh not really <laughs> i remember playing the i played one and two a lot with my buddies um but after that i never got into uh wow i had uh because i back when wow came out i, I was playing final fantasy 11 so i didn't want to like jump on to two different subscription games my friends all played wow but i just couldn't couldn't get into it can't blame you because wow is to someone that stands outside of the warcraft realm it is very intimidating to to get into that world and it could be very time consuming correct yeah it's very time consuming and like if you're that's the problem i'm i've been wanting to play elder scrolls online too but i'm afraid to pick up an mmo just because i know it takes a lot of time i have to devote to it and especially like when wow came out i was in high school and i just i didn't have time to sit there and play it and i was already playing final fantasy but i you know it's a it's a it's a it's a beautiful game. It looks really great, and I know a lot. They've you know they've done a lot for their fans, and uh, they continue to do so even with Overwatch going on. But I know we're about to jump into the question of whether or not we want a remastered version of Warcraft Three. But I I honestly I haven't heard a lot of calling for it. But I feel like they are Blizzard is avoiding giving fans what they actually want, which is a new Warcraft. What what are your thoughts on that? I couldn't agree with you more. I know this uh, often this show seems to be like, you know you agreeing with me and I agreeing with you, but we seem to see uh, see eye to eye on a lot of things. Sometimes we we argue back and forth on on, on some various topics, but I'll tell you what, when it comes to Warcraft, I see that as something that it would be the best alternative. But then again, they seem to have a similar line of thinking to Valve as far as trying to create new products instead of just what they're doing and just trying to expand the lifespan of all these older properties. And the news this week came down that uh, they have launched the the official uh, public test realm for, for Warcraft 3. So that's awesome because they're looking to remaster Warcraft 3 and Diablo 2. But 
that's not, I don't know, to someone like me who has not really gotten himself deeply involved with a lot of Blizzard games, uh, sprinkled here and there as far as my experience is concerned and my the time I've devoted to them, this doesn't really grab me or hook me. And, and I didn't really hear that much of, like you said, I, I really didn't hear that much of a, a calling for Diablo 2 and Warcraft 3 remasters. Uh, I mean, I know that there's a lot of people now that, that want remasters of the games because could look so much better, could be on different formats, playing it on the PS4, Xbox One, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not, those are not two of the games that, that I have called for. And I know those are two of the games that, that really haven't been called for by a lot of people. And a new World of Warcraft would really be the, the ticket for expanding an even larger audience because you and I both have seen over the past 10 years a decline in the number of people playing World of Warcraft. So you think a new Warcraft MMO or even a, a new Warcraft build would would get a new influx of people playing beyond Overwatch because it looks like right now anybody that wants to come into playing Blizzard games is just going to go to Overwatch. Yeah, so how long until Warcraft sort of becomes obsolete? Because if you have a game that looks as good as Overwatch, even the best remasters out there still don't look as good as a modern game. Like some of them look like they've barely even been touched. So it just begs the question of if you have to choose between, is anybody going to play a remastered Warcraft? I guess is what I'm getting at. And I don't think the answer will be yes. I just, I don't see that happening. Unless they add an amazing number of new features. Uh, I, I agree with you. It's just, does not appeal to us in general. And we're, we're kind of the general audience. We're kind of the audience that they want to get a hold of people that would commit to the game if it was appealing that did not play the game really to any extent previously. So I don't know if it, I'm not sure what Blizzard's doing. I know they're spending and devoting a lot of time and care to Overwatch and rightly so. That game has really done well. It is the pop culture cosmos. Uh, Humanican Media Game of the Year for 2016, and there's there's a reason why because it, it just it it's a great community of uh, and a great support from Blizzard. But Blizzard is a large enough company where they can go ahead and, and launch a a new IP or a a new envisioning of the Warcraft game or the Warcraft MMO, and and really instead of focusing on trying to get audiences in, invested in a reboot or a rehash of previous iterations. It seems like a waste of money and time to me. I, I agree with you. It does seem to me as well. But obviously, uh, uh, with Blizzard's track record, I uh, can't really argue too much with them in regards to it. So, But it, I don't think it's really going to get in a lot of new audiences. I think it's just going to reach out to whoever played the game previously and had fond memories and just wants them to go ahead and, and buy a, you know, a game with a new coat of paint on it, so to speak, as we've seen many times before in recent years. What are your thoughts on the re-envisioning of Diablo 2 and Warcraft 3? Is it something you're interested in? Because we'd like to know. We'd like to know if there's that kind of uh, strong feedback for those two games being remastered. And if there is, then you know we want to be proven wrong. 
but we don't think there is. But if you if you you know have that interest, share us your thoughts. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Humanity Media, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. And while you're there, you know, messaging us, please, if you get a chance, please like our pages so you can get the latest information, not only on our great lineup of podcasts and shows that we have to offer, because we're always putting the latest episodes and the latest information from those episodes up on those websites and those news feeds. In the case of Pop Culture Cosmos, we're giving you the latest pop culture information from all over, from movies, television, comics, you know, you name it. Game Source, it's giving you the latest video game information. And Humanica Media is giving you some great information, not only on their great podcasts, but also as well on the great stuff they do, including wedding projects, uh, videos, and, and a whole bunch of other great stuff that they, that they do, including the gaming videos that Josh does including the latest game that he's playing, Hellblade, Sasuna's Sacrifice. How well is that game for you so far? I'm loving it. It's uh, it's probably the most fun I've had in a long time. I know a lot of people are complaining about like the, the combat, but you got to think about it. It's a AAA developer making a smaller game. If it was supposed to be more on a massive scale, like Devil May Cry or something, I'm sure they would have uh, put time and effort into you know powering up combos or leveling up characters or weapons or stats or whatever. But... This is not that type of game. This is a very straightforward narrative, and it's a very great story. It's just the obviously it's got its puzzles and its problems, but it's a for what it is and what you're paying for it. It's a very very good game. Uh, that's some high praise indeed, and definitely something to look forward to if you haven't already. You want to go and get a copy of it, download it today because Hellblade: As Soon as Sacrifice is definitely a very strong game indeed. And if you're still on the fence hop on over to the Humanica Media YouTube page to check out all the action. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford, and it's another beautiful day in paradise here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Super. Super. I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want. Yeah, I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want. What I want, what I want, what I really, 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 really want is for all of you listeners to send us an email <laughs> at superbscast at gmail.com. All right, level, levels are good and <laughs> levels are good and roll. Uh, are you ready to roll? Again, superbscast oh. at gmail.com. We are back again from the dead, ready to break some bread. Everybody knows that rap and we loved it and we changed it. Um... My name is Brian Wagner. I'm here for Super BS, August 3rd, 2017, episode 19. Yeah, yeah. I'm joined I think it's by... it's episode 20, big guy. 
It's actually the no, this is episode twenty. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, uh, well so <laughs> fake news. <laughs> fake news. I had some corrections about last week, uh, but let me first introduce everyone. And one of those corrections from this week is it's episode twenty. <laughs> <laughs> first of um, many. Okay. So hey, jo- oh wait, who is this? You just ruined it. No, I didn't. I'm I'm Josh Jankerson the third. <laughs> Josh, Josh Jankerson. Jankerson. A, yeah. Third. Yeah. Otherwise that known is as Josh Peterson. Her Josh Paulderson. <laughs> Josh Paulderson. Everybody's favorite. Um, and who's joining you on your left? Vita Vita. <laughs> oh, oh, my. We have Vita Vita here? Vita Vita. Uh, is that your daughter or is that you? The dude will not abide. Can't, can't, I just I made was, that up, too. Can't hoping, can't both? <laughs> all right. All right. So your name is now Vita Vita. I was hoping you said no. Brian Wagner. <laughs> uh, no more of that. Or, no more Vita Vitas. No more Brian Wagners. <laughs> Who is this? Uh, Who Jake, is this? Reveal yourself. Jake. Jake here, back from Bay Back mm, from Bay Where'd you go? Mm. Uh, Hawaii. Ooh, how was that? Pretty good. I got massively burned on the first day. Oh, you look pretty uh, bronzed to me. Well, it peels off and then it comes in. <laughs> and then it comes Ooh. in nice. There's, a, there's some poppage. There is a little it's bit a, of poppage. Little, little poppage. We're hot mic. Good to, to have four again. Trying to get this hot mic. Back in the queen. It is. Four. It's nice to be four back in this no, queen. It is, it's good to have a foursome going here. <laughs> we were wondering last week what we would even do. We just kept asking, hey, what do we do? There's not four people here. We're missing a babe. Mm. And we got that bay. B-A-E. Boy. Okay. What does B-A-E stand for? Beyond uh, all, beyond, are you, uh, you're joking, right? No, no, I don't. Oh, know it's just what, it what people have called babes now. They no, call no, them no bae. it stands for, for something like beyond Does all it? others. It's an acronym. Yeah. Beyond Wait, all else. Be, yeah, beyond all I else. Thought, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I thought it was just babe with a B removed. No, it's babe. No, I thought it was babe it, with it, a B removed. It's too. an acronym. I thought it was for babe pig in the beyond city. They were just everyone loved that movie. Actually, now that you say it, I think you're right. Yeah, babe pig in the city. Everybody knows that one. And who's who's this voice that's joining us? This is uh, Day Big in the City. Day. Day. <laughs> it's just Day with the with the V removed. That's all. Yeah, I like that. Day. Um, anyways, before we get to what we've been playing or any Stain other fake. cool stuff, it's done, guys. It finally happened. It's amazing. It's out there. It's changed our lives. You all know what we're talking about. I'm talking about the Emoji Movie, oh the film goodness. that has changed all of humanity and society. It's buried us. How many times did you guys watch it? I just want to get a... It can't like is it all fingers or how many emojis? Do we Ooh. Who who watched it here? All of you guys. Don't <laughs> deny it, you liars. Not, I did not, not see it. Yet. Mm. Uh Josh, please say that you're repping for the emojis. <laughs> yeah, I um I have tickets for Thursday, but I probably won't go. I I have tickets for right now, so I'm actually not going to go. You make me <laughs> sick. You what? sick SOB What is the premise of the movie? If not to just like a sponsorship for existing emoji apps, <laughs> which actually like, does nothing, there's it's not like a paid <laughs> app. I don't actually know what the purpose of it so, is. So, so what is it? It's I guess it's the plot of a Met emoji, and he has more emotions than just Met, and that is the oh. plot. It's it's sad that it's so bad because T.J. Miller's in it, and I know he's been in crap before, but I love him from Silicon Valley. So mm, tell us how you really feel. About <laughs> well, I mean, I just love career. him. Celebrate his strength oh. daily. <laughs> TJ, we're sorry. So he was going to leave us a comment. Yeah, TJ, he's man, he's leaving this, this review. He's my fave. I want to actually go through two real quick corrections from last week. One, namely from somebody sitting next to me, we did not go to San Diego Comic-Con, even though it said in the show notes stank bank. that we did. Well, yeah, Stank Bank wrote that. We all went. Let, let's see. Let's I went see. years ago. If we read, hey, if we we, read the description. Yeah. Oh. The, 
please please uh, oblige us. Yeah, just one second. Well, we're episode 19, so this is last week. Right? Yeah, yeah, I already corrected well, we're myself on, 20. on that. We're on 20, so <laughs> oh, this is 19. So skip, episode skip 19, nine Okay, so here we go, here we go. It's that time again. Time for another episode of the Super BS Gamescast. This week, the dudes come back from San Diego Comic-Con, which is... Which is technically true because I mean, dudes did come back from this. Yeah, this is true. Hey, I, I wasn't specific. Yeah, he was just talking about random people. <laughs> the dudes, all the dudes I'm in the sure world. There were, some there were probably there. some ladies yeah. there too. You never probably. know. Probably. Might have been. It, a little, yeah, it is been. a little sexist, Josh. I, you left out the ladies. That's sick. Um, I, I think that's, that's the correction. That's the real <laughs> correction. <laughs> dudes and ladies came back from Comic Con. Oh, talking about lady, lady dudes. Ladies and lady dudes and all dudes and all above. People. Attended. People. Thank you. And the other correction I want to make is I said 50 million PS4s were sold this sold this generation. It's been 60 million wow, PS4s. Thank you. That is fake I'm news. sorry, wow. guys. I was, I'm a I remember okay. when you said that because I actually <laughs> I, listened to it and he said 50. I was like, wrong. Yeah. Wrong. And everybody, I, didn't, I didn't know what it was, yeah. but I knew that was wrong. We lost a subscriber yeah. because I, <laughs> out of two. So. Somebody actually took the review back. Yeah. <laughs> we had a yeah. five-star review that said knowledgeable. Yeah. They said, yeah. these guys, sorry, these guys are not knowledgeable. Yeah, they put an N-O-N hyphen, non-knowledgeable. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> Resubmit. Oh, man. Okay, well, anyways, I want to talk about what we've been playing and loving. Um, I'm going to go around the corner the other way, and by corner, I mean table. Why don't you go first? Oh, you, really? know, you yeah. always go last. Okay, yeah, I'll do that, actually. Or skip them. We could yeah, just skip him. That works that's, too. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's better, actually. Yeah. The listenership of Jerry <laughs> I, uh, and Cam will not like that, man. <laughs> Jerry. Uh, Jerry, we love you guys. Do it for um, the J. It's a J and the G. JC. Open invitation. This is actually an open invitation for all the listeners to join us. Oh. Just don't give them my address. A Super BS Fest. <laughs> super BS Fest. <laughs> Something that we're working on. It's an expo. We're not working on it. TBN, TBN, It's going to be TBN. Like, like Fire Festival. TBA, 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 to be announced. Um, Anyways, I've actually been getting fresh with some Splatoon 2, my boys. Oh, you did get it. I did get it. It came in the mail. Reggie, you delivered. Um, But yeah, it's it's pretty fun. It's really cool. Like, you're a squid boy or girl, and you run around Squidopolis or Inkopolis or whatever it's called. Do they have transgendered Um, squids? Oh my goodness! That's a great question. This is 2017. This is the question. I love talking about political stuff. Can they be in the squid military? Is what I'm asking. Oh, we need somebody who's not us. Field those questions. Field those questions. So, so my goodness. So, Ranky. Yeah. So you, you're a squid bean. Squid bean, and you go around the city, and there's like a there's a story mode, which is pretty cool. You go around and do like different platforming stories to squid babies. You read stories. That's what story mode is. Um, and then at the end of four or at the end of three levels there's like a boss and those are really fun but um the main draw is the multiplayer and it's i thought ah man it's gonna suck it's like motion controlled garbage but you can turn off the motion controls and it's 4v4 and it's kind of fun because the main goal is just to spray as much ink as you can everywhere i bet you love that um, but it's really, I mean, it's, it just is not very like hardcore. You don't need to like kill all the other players. You could, if you suck, you can literally just use a, a roller as they call it, a big paint roller and run across the map spraying ink so, and like covering ground. So it's a game that for babies that romanticizes <laughs> being a painter. 
Yes, like, it it's is like a having a good, like a deadbeat job. It does and a, feel and a like it. Ooh. It romanticizes. Oh. <laughs> oh. It romanticizes. <laughs> ooh, sorry, boys. Um, it romanticizes those sweet dead end loser <laughs> painters for all you painters out there. No, I'm just joking. Um, no, it, it is. It's really cool. And then with the money and experience that you get, you can buy either new weapons or new kicks, aka shoes, mm. or tanks, aka shirts. Or buckets, aka hats. Buckets so is something I came up with. It's TMT, especially TMT. big in Japan, right? Yeah, it's, it's sold like huge in Japan. I did it sell six hundred thousand in Japan, or just six hundred thousand in the first week here, like total. I know it sold six hundred thousand within three days. I don't know if that was just Japan, guys. We should be really careful with the numbers we give, <laughs> so we don't have to do an apology next week's have, podcast. I, have, yeah. I love the apology. We should just say we, it sold a number. <laughs> More than one, and then that way we're safe. And we know <laughs> there is more than one Splatoon Two soul. Many numbers. It was very, very popular. Much numbers. So all the numbers. Much numbers. Um, but yeah, it, mostly painters. It's a lot so, of. So let me just sum up. Let me just sum up the game. You are a half squid, half person. Yeah. You go around painting objects, and you become squid and swim and through then, the. Ink. And then you can buy shoes with it. So. Yeah, and those shoes all have, actually, I wanted to get into this too. All the clothes have stats tied to it, oh. and then they all level up, and those level ups give all the clothes more stats and abilities depending on how many. Okay. It's, it's really cool, and I haven't got to it yet, but I guess you can take the stats from pieces of clothing and remove them and put them on other pieces of clothing. So huh. there's there's a lot to it. I'm going to play it till like Mario and Rabbids come out on August 29th, and then I will, I don't know. I'll see what I do then. Um, but I want to know what you've been playing, Davey boy. Mm. My boy. I have been playing a lot of that Diablo 3. Nice. I picked up the Ultimate Evil Edition on the old Xbox. Mom, please don't listen to this segment. I know. Frank's mom. My plug mom them is, ears. I'm sorry. She's my main listener. <laughs> <laughs> you go back and report everything I say to your mom. Uh, dear mom. <laughs> dear mom. Dearest mother. Uh, yeah, so I've been playing the Ultimate Evil Edition, which is a pretty sweet deal. It comes with the base game, obviously, and then the Reaper of Souls expansion, and then also the Necromancer. Oh, nice. Uh, There's like a... Oh, they made a new edition for that? I yep. thought you just bought them separately. No, it's... um Yeah. No, oh, that's cool. What do you... It's called the Ultimate Evil Edition. Oh, Yes, mom. I'm sorry, um, but it's really good. We'll this is kind of ironic. But mom, mom no bad reviews. Uh, <laughs> please, um, no. What do you think about the necromancer? I never got a chance to play that character. The necromancer is, is really fun. I'm only level 13, so I don't have a full you know scope on what the playstyle is going to be like. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of summoning abilities, but also there's a lot of mage like abilities too. Um, they really capitalize on the corpses that you create. So you can you can have all these sort of like corpse explosions. You just have a lot going on. You can have um, sort of like mage-like damage and you have your summon group and it's just a really fun class. Uh, you don't have gold, right? Gold? Xbox Live gold. Oh, the are, oh no, I do they, not. They're giving away the DLC for gold free, part. right? Wasn't that causing some problems? That's no, sick. no, no. They're not giving away DLC for free. But the reason why I ask is I am also an owner of Diablo 3, and it's a great game to play together. You can play yeah. four-player co-op at home or online. Um, did you finish the first dungeon? Uh, first dungeon being King Lyric? Or? I, I think so. I've never actually finished the first dungeon. <laughs> so, I mean, I haven't beaten Act 1 yet on okay. this playthrough, but I just finished um king lyric who i think might qualify as the first dungeon and then you go and you find Tyrael, uh who's the fallen star is that, that business the castle it's a cathedral it's okay. not really a castle the what? castle i think is act two it's been several years since i've played it I, okay i played back as a monk and a and the voodoo dude i'm an act one and i'm pretty sure i'm in a castle but it's like a it's like a town right kind of yeah 
But yeah. these two gentlemen don't seem to know anything about this <laughs> game, so... Uh, it's an awesome We're, game. I want to know what you've been playing, Jake, on vacay. Uh, beat Shovel Knight. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Just, uh, just the first com- campaign <clears throat> with Shovel. Uh, I started... You uh, buried it, bruh. You buried <laughs> it, bruh. Um, I still haven't beaten Spectre Knight campaign or uh, Plague Knight yet. Are those the difficulties? No, no, no. no they're no. all or separate they campaigns. Different characters. Oh, God, like okay. it, it was actually pretty cool because you beat the story mode with Shovel Knight. And then it's like when you pick Plague Knight, it's like, meanwhile, while while this oh. is all going on, he's got this going so on. They intertwine so it, okay. I just started Plague Knight. Um, I actually heard uh, the other ones a little better than Plague Knight, but um, I enjoyed it. Quite a fun game. Uh, it's on uh, on everything. It's on Switch, which is Brian's yeah. favorite. I love it. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, Dank Bank, aka Donna, he has it and he beat it and he loves it. First yeah. playthrough. Uh, so that's by uh, Yacht Club Games, and yeah. I know they're. Um, I think they're releasing one more King story. Knight. Yeah, and then they also, I believe, announced that they are working on a Super new, Shovel Knight, a new project. Can you just uh, let him get one oh, word? Sorry, out? sorry, yeah, Brian. This I'm isn't a, this isn't the Brian podcast. This is the Brian interrupt. Fest. Guys, get a. It kind of is Brian. <laughs> yeah, I know. BS stands Poppy. for you Brian you. sucks. <laughs> Poppy, we are Poppy. Brian, we are you popcorn. Roll over me. Yeah. You verbally sandbagged yeah. me like that. as much as you want. <laughs> Think of somebody no, else you besides yourself. Lay it on thick. <laughs> I just know the idea that everybody wanted was to have a super shovel knight because shovel knights eight oh, bit. So like stuff. to have a super NES. Yeah, I'm roasting. I'm roasting Jake right now. This is what I want to do. No, that's a great game, and I want to see, like, I would love a Super Shovel Knight. I love a Shovel Knight 64. Like, oh, I think the idea no, is really fun. That would be really great. Yeah, Grid. I love Yacht Club Grid. games. I know Shovel Knight's a character in ukulele. Yeah. Which I want to talk a little bit later with uh, Dave about that. I don't know how deep we'll get Maybe into we'll do today. Aaron Abrevances at the end of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dave, why don't you like this, you jerk? Um, <laughs> it's my opinion. <laughs> Opinions can be wrong. And they can be minions. Or they can be right. <laughs> anyway, so great game. I'm excited to see what they do next because they were a cool developer. Uh, Kickstarter game, which was Shovel Knight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. It's one and of the I, good I, ones. I know. It's, <laughs> a, lot of it's a little hit or miss um, with Kickstarter because I know a few have dropped through late, uh, lately. But Oh, we got a lot in the news. Hole in hole, just I'd say, you know what? It's still worth supporting Kickstarter games in my experience. When a Kickstarter doesn't reach its goal, does it still get the money? No, okay. no, no. So you can do like a... GoFundMe, I want to say it's called, if you want to just get some money. But the problem with that is if you're doing a project, normally it is you need money to make it. So if yeah. somebody gives you $2,000, you're still on the line to make that product on a right. GoFundMe. Whereas right. a Kickstarter, you know, that's why so many people are turning to Patreons and things like that to, mm-hmm. to get funded. That's why I go to GoFund yourself. Go, go fund is, yourself. I just pay myself money. Yeah. It's kind of really weird. I just that's, siphon money yeah. from my bank account. I go to, they take 10%. I know, it's so weird. <laughs> I just go to my job every day. Yeah, it's like <laughs> super strange. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's it. Just that. And then um, reading... Uh, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. I know it's not a game, we'll but get it's an awesome book. Soon, okay? <laughs> we, and I'm going to put that out there, and you gonna... should read it. Well, I did one thing that we didn't get to talk about last week. We will do at the end. We want to talk about other forms of media, if we have time. Okay, and Josh, <laughs> what have you been playing, man? Hey, in my travels this week, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy three on mobile. Mm. Mm. The worst version possible. <laughs> and it's... Yeah, because I I'd never played the old ones before, so I'm kind of slowly making my way through them. But it's nice. I don't like the mobile controls because your the your joy- thumbs get sweaty. No, it's not. Yeah, that and it's not just your where you put your thumb is, is where the joystick Mom's forms. So if you put it like half off the screen, you can't go left. 
Oh, like weird. Stu- yeah, it's it's such a weird thing. But I mean, just big old sweat, sweat, <sighs> just, just big old, sweaty hands, just big old sweat, just print, clubbing man. at your phone. I just, I love this idea. You paid three hundred dollars to own a switch. Did you beat Zelda at least? Yeah, I did. Okay. You pay three hundred dollars for this item, Brian. Do you ever beat games? I do. I actually beat Zelda and I beat Shantae. I, remember I told you about. I, I asked you this question last week. Oh my goodness. Anyways, you paid three hundred dollars for this. You got one that very few people have, and you decided to play a mobile game on a trip up north. I already finished you Zelda. Go. What else am I? Gonna I am play? sorry to everyone listening to this. This guy. So is so Jank, unrepentant. Okay. Are the controls on the on the phone? Are those? Like those little blue circles. They appear wherever you put your thumbs. That's interesting. Yeah. As I played four on my tablet, and it's it's kind of a pain as well. Yeah. yeah. But I got pretty far on that one. But that's a pretty bad boot as well. Those are, they're so short. Dude, four C- four is long. Is it? Because yeah, like it's yeah. really hard too on the iOS or whatever. It'd the, be hard to play on a phone. I would, I would be really good to play on the Vita. Yeah. Ooh. It is. Yeah. It's on the Vita. Yeah, I know. Because I'm like four hours into it. I'm halfway through the game. Wow, really? The yeah. only negative about, real quick, I want to go back to that. The only negative about the Vita version, though, man, is I think it has the... Uh, nothing wrong? Nothing wrong. I think it has the load times of the PlayStation version. So you don't get, like, the best one, I think, is the... And Dank's not here to tell us. But I think it's the Game Boy Advance mm. version. Well, that's why I'm odd man out. Because I like the longer the load times. Mm. You like that in between battles? Yeah, oh, really Let's get stoked for it. I don't think you. I mean, nobody really wants that when you're in a battle and it's like, oh, hey, before the the random battle occurs, you have a load time. Like, did you play Chrono Trigger on PlayStation? Uh, doi. Doi. Okay. <laughs> so it was cool at the time because it added all the anime cutscenes. However, they came out with it on DS, took out all the load times, kept all the cutscenes. Uh, and I hated it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, hey. Guys, my blood pressure is up to here. We are going to have to take a break soon. Speaking of load times, you know my favorite thing in the world is oh Skyrim's goodness. load times. Oh. So as soon as the load is or over. Pray. Or pray. Right but at the end. On right. Skyrim, you walk into a village after the load time's over, and all of a sudden, all the villagers like look at you, and they go about their business like they were trying to surprise you. You are now stealing you. your own joke from yeah. several weeks ago. Oh, Ooh, my we got goodness. all poppy right We are getting some pops, pop, but pop, you pop. can't actually hear this, listener. So we're going to take a break real quick. Boo. Hey, everyone. Venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we are back. Reggie. Oh, my goodness. I can't even get one word in. No, that was good. That was a good call to Reggie. Um, Our levels are good, and we're rolling. Actually, we're back for that segment. What do you want, Brian? We're back for that segment that you know and love, and you'd love to know. It's Stocksman's Corner. Oh, my gosh. I, Placeholder I thought music. we were doing news first. <laughs> I, I, thought was, I thought it was Stocking Dave or Dave Stocks. Oh, my gosh. I, Dang, bang. I thought we were Stocking Dave was your idea. Stocking Dave. There's been a lot of uh, TM material that we've been giving oh, away yeah. on this. We've been trying to do some trademarks nonstop. I gotta there. Remind me to teach you guys about trademarks because we don't really I, use it properly. I'll tell you guys how to trademark later, TNT. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Brian trying I, to coin stock terms for himself. I <laughs> Word on the street is little advanced trademarking <laughs> on the streets. classes from Dave. Yeah, no, been, let's do a one-on-one class. The way you trademark something is you say TM TM right. TM. Right. I learned this from my brother. <laughs> my brother. And me. Isn't, that from the, isn't that from the office when Will Arnett is interviewing for the manager position? He like has like a 
37 step plan or whatever. And he's like, I'll give you step part three of step five or whatever. And then he says TM, TM, TM. Yeah, he says TM, TM, TM. <laughs> well, it makes sense because that's how you trademark in America. Um, anyways, let's know about the stocks. Let's and by know, know of them. We want to <laughs> no, oh in the biblical sense. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Okay. Uh, like to know. So nothing super notable. Other than um, what's going on at the old ATB, a.k.a. Activision Blizz, Blizz, um, they, uh, you know, they had a really good year. They had a really good quarter. Give me those numbers, man. I like to see them. I like to hear them. I like to feel them. All right. So so Activision Blizzard (laughs) ended today up 4.10%, which is pretty big. Yeah. So so they're trading around 63.97. Oh, nice. Um, A lot of people are attributing it to their win in the second quarter. So every... um, Every quarter, analysts project what a company will do in terms of revenue, et cetera. And when a company beats beats that projection, they have a pretty good day the next, the following couple uh, trade days. What is bringing them up in the second quarter, though? Outside of like Doomfist mm. for Overwatch and some of the news we read about, it, there's nothing. It's just based on projections. Yeah. So it's not necessarily any new game or any new product or whatever, but it's like analysts look at, okay, this is how video game companies typically do in quarter two. We know Activision Blizzard had these releases in quarter one, and this is what they're going to do in quarter three. Oh, so is is quarter three dependent on this as well? Because like it, Destiny just, two and Call of Duty are going to be quarter three. That I so, can see a big boom. When so, do those come out? October. Uh, Destiny two is September, and Call of Duty is November. I want to say. So will we see a rise in stocks around that? I don't time? know. No, I mean, so so the fact that they beat their quarter two yeah. projection has nothing to do with the releases. It's just looking at the whole picture. What they th- what analysts think the company will do, how okay. they project they will do, the, what their performance will be, and when you do better than that, you tend to have a really good stock day. Yeah. So that's why they're having a good stock day. They could have had a relatively bad quarter per se. Okay, I haven't looked into it thoroughly, but I'm just saying in general, you could have a, a quote bad quarter. You can't. You could release no new products, whatever, but you still beat your revenue target. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's all about games and projections. It's all about releases. And projectors. <laughs> We're talking about they made more projectors than anyone else yeah. to play their games on. Right. We'll circle okay. back if there's any confusion There was out there. another stock that you mentioned to me on mm-hmm. the phone. This one I have some the ideas old, about. The old like, Take like, Dose? Yeah. What yeah. happened with Take Dose? Uh, take Dose also got a buy rating. That's Take Two for those of you who don't obelisk. Too Farley. Yeah, so Take Two recently earned a buy rating from um, several. What does that mean? Prominent analysts. So, so there are several different ratings that analysts give to companies, stocks, mm. and those are trade, buy, hold, you know, things like that. Like, don't you remember? Yeah, you remember in Arrested Development yeah, when buy. that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. They, went to the, they were in the red, right, or yeah. the black. Well, you're in the when you want to be, you want to be in the black because okay. the black means that you're, you know, you're operating and you're not in debt, etc. Okay. Yeah. So, so take two got a buy rating recently, and I wasn't really sure why, but someone told me, I think his name is Brank, that take two is the parent company for Rockstar. Yeah. Yeah, and they got some hot IP, and they've got stuff coming out too. I don't know if that affects this, but Red Dead Redemption Two is probably gonna kill it, and. Grand Theft Auto Five. I didn't get a chance to look up the numbers, but I want to say it's approaching the number one game sold ever. Like, I know it's closing in on, like, Wii Sports and Tetris and Super Mario Brothers. Um, I, I don't have the numbers exactly on me, but I, I last time I checked, I know it had made... It made back its... It made a billion dollars in 
three or four days. It was the first release ever to oh, do that I when it came that. out in 2013, I want to yeah. say. So, but now it's released on Xbox One, PS4, as well as PC. So that's an additional 120 million users that they're mm. that they can market to. So, and I know Grand Theft Auto Online is like printing money because yeah. it also sells a lot of stuff. So that's I don't know. It's really interesting. Do you guys have any ideas? Did you guys get a chance to play GTA Five? Anyone in here? I don't play sinful mm, smut. Yeah. Sinful <laughs> smut. My oh favorite. Type. My mom told me I couldn't. Well, my mom's cool. She just doesn't <laughs> like necromancers. <laughs> or warlocks. Or, or oh, voodoo okay, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she loves GTA, man. That's her favorite game. Can you blame her? Boy, Can you blame her? Yeah, Who wouldn't guy. like GTA? The necromancer in The Hobbit. Uh, she hates that one. Right. Yeah. Don't go do necromancer. Sauron. Are you talking about 420 Sauron. the Brown? <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, back. let me just wrap up stocks real fast yeah. when we get out of this. So EA also had a buy rating. Oh, oh, but something we were—I was—I wanted to bring up about Activision Blizzard. We forget about their mobile gaming division, Kings. What do? You, oh, they own uh, Candy they Crush. Own, yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. I totally forgot. They bought them for three billion. I want to say a couple years know. ago. When you talk in that high voice, you can't really like deny you. So I, I, yeah, and everyone who unless you go higher, everyone <laughs> higher, you can deny it. Everyone who corrects us, just please send an email to superbscast at gmail.com. We will actually read your correction. <laughs> we actually, nobody correct us? Thanks. We, oh we actually goodness. say things incorrectly with the hopes of getting more emails. <laughs> we just, all we want is so desperate Alex is alone in my box right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Tom from MySpace would email us. That would be the oh, best. Oh, man. He's yeah. the best. Uh, no, yeah. That, I guess that's a, a big portion. Um, anything else about stocks before we move on? No, nothing really new going on with Nintendo. The last thing I saw on Nintendo was an article about... Um, well, are we going to talk about the mini SNES? No, actually, I didn't have that on the notes. What's going on? Well, I mean, we talked about Walmart canceling last week, and I know they're at they're going to do pre-orders later this month, but what else is there? I think that's it. I think it's just, you know, you oh, can finally buy it. Yeah, I, I know that the idea is to, like, release it, you know, at September? What's, does anybody know the date, actually? I'm scanning through this article. Um, Doesn't know what they say. But I think they didn't like... So they want to release like the pre-orders at the same time. So I'm mm -hmm. assuming everybody, like the Nintendo Switch, everyone's going to have it up at once. And that will at least give some people a better chance to pre-order because there's more sites. But if you're smart, you'll pre-order from all the sites at once and then sell them all and buy a house. Um, yeah. About Nintendo, Jakey Boy, I heard something about Metroid Samus Returns on my 3DS, and I want to know what it is. Didn't sound good. Oh, my gosh. Kill me. With, <laughs> kill me with kindness, yeah, and so I will do it. When you get the new 3DS one, that's going to be... I don't remember what the release date is. I want to say it's September 15th. Yeah, but some of the... Uh, what are they called, Brian? The, the toy... I call them toys. Amiibos. Boy Nintendo's Toys to Life. Yeah. Boy Amiibos. You legit have to buy four of the different amiibos to get all of the 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 gear that the uploads in the game I yeah think. and like the difficulty two, two energy tanks yep um one uh extra power up i think yep. and then one which is the coolest one to me which was the metroid one which lets you let uh see where they are on your radar yeah which and, i always wait what like the metroid yeah, the Metroid Amiibo, Amiibo will allow yeah, yeah. you to see. When you get it, it, it lets you have like a skill that lets you see if you get near a Metroid on your radar or something like that. Yeah, I yeah. guess there are multiple Metroids in Samus Returns. Yeah. I haven't played it, so I... And like that it. one's like... Well, first off, there's a question <coughs> of should you have a radar that shows yeah. where they are. Um, <laughs> but if they do have it, the fact that you need to buy these 
yeah. is... Can you play the game without them? Sure, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. But, like, if you're a completionist... Yeah. Um, you which, can't get all the tanks, which is... I mean, one of my favorite things in Metroids is getting all the tanks. Right. Like, it's, getting all the stuff. It really depends on the game for me if I'm going to be a completionist or not. Um, it kind of depends. It also depends on how many times I've played so, it. So how much do these Amiibos cost? I think they range from 10 to 15 10 right. to $15, and you need to buy four of them and on one top of, of the game. Well, I mean, honestly, the play is... It's for kids, yeah. Right. But it sounds it's like, like, but it's they're screwing over, yeah, us who's been playing it. And I would actually be okay with if it was just the tanks giving you extra stuff, but they're locking out a difficulty in the amiibos. You have to. I don't know which amiibo. Would it you is. even play the hard difficulty? Because you oh, always like. I, do you I, just play I, the okay. easiest do you ever game? Finish I would not. Brian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably wouldn't. But the idea is. Like stuff like that, you shouldn't lock the amiibos. I'm okay. Yeah, with, I think it's weird. I'm okay with is, the Splatoon this, amiibo. Even is this Metroid that, a remake or is it? It's a remake of Metroid Two on Game Boy okay, that no so one's ever played. You huh. would, so you can go back and play the other one. You wouldn't have to buy the amiibos. No, but it but means no it's a has total Game Boy. remake. Yeah. It's like in 3D. I have, I have a Game Boy. Uh, they had a, a game called AM2R, another Metroid Two remake that came out last year. Was a a fan creation. It's supposed to be amazing. Um, it's in like Super Nintendo sprites. It got obviously cease and desisted because it was not by Nintendo. But I've Wait, heard. It's... Why is that against the law, Dave? <laughs> Dave is a lawyer. <laughs> he knows the laws and do you, he tells do you, us. Do you want me to explain why? No, I was just trying. Oh, to okay, I mean, I could. I love talking about yeah, things please. I know hey, about. Dave loves law. Dave's a lawsman. Okay, so when you create a form of creative expression and you memorialize it in a tangible medium, it becomes copyrighted. So anything we're copywriting our podcast right now as we speak automatically. I thought that that was only if you try to sell it though. No, everything is copyrighted from the moment you create a. So what? What about like fan fiction? Does doesn't that? So so fan fiction is what is known as a derivative work because it is derivative of an existing copyright. Okay. But why can't they make a game then? Wouldn't that be like the fan fiction of games? It's essentially just the Yeah, but fan fiction is a copyright infringement. Oh, really? Copyright infringement, derivative mm-hmm. works. All, so once you create a copyright, you own the rights to do X every, number of every, things. Yeah. yeah, basically everything with it. And one of those rights is creating derivative works. So okay. you are the sole owner of that right. So when someone oh, nice. else creates derivative works they're infringing on your copyright well i told a bunch of random people we don't know to make super bs fan casts <laughs> and use our names is that yeah. illegal uh, and no i mean you told them to do and it and to so. use your house so <laughs> i told them to go to your house this time and they're 12 year olds they're 12 year olds and then it is... depends on how long it's out until it reaches public domain yeah that's many many Seven years, years after the it, death, it, though, it right? exceeds the life of the author. question lawyer uh, yes sir <laughs> Because that's a lot of old stuff. It I seems object. Like, it, seems like, <laughs> it, seems, it seems like to me when stuff's created now is family and stuff just keep renewing it. So does anything new ever reach public domain? So you can't, you can't renew a copyright. Like you can renew a patent, things like that. But there are... Yeah, but like the, the family of Lord of the Rings is still managing the movie accounts and the yeah, books. Yeah, that's because... And, and, that, the, and the printing, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it goes to the estate once the, fam, once the right, author right, right. dies. So you still, you're still within... The, the the year period after the author's death. No, but so I thought I was reading that. that that 
until it goes into public domain, I mm-hmm. thought I read somewhere. Well, is is getting longer and longer. Isn't it? that period is getting longer? Correct. A okay. lot, yeah. a lot of like classic, um, like monster characters, like Van Helsing and Frankenstein. Those are all public domain. That's why so many, mm-hmm. like, yeah, Universal that's why Sony, and Sony, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and like and a lot of art, like Gustav Dorf, If you get a picture of him and use it for something like. So I don't want to dig- take yeah. it. I don't want to digress too much, but mm. oh, because we're having an interesting conversation that you can't participate in. Brian, no, 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 no. <laughs> Brian, do you want to digress? No, I had a, I had a question though, real quick. Oh, what's up? Um, so we were talking about extending beyond the author's lifetime, which was seventy years, right? Originally, yeah, originally it was about seventy years, but, but now it's it's a lot it's, longer. Is that because Mickey Mouse was about to become public okay. domain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, what I want to Okay, ask. so there's like a new rule or a different rule when the copyright is owned by a corporation. It's like 125 years just straight up. Oh, so, really? So Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings eventually will be public domain. So that I don't That's know. By his family, right? So though? that I don't so. know about because either if it's owned Teach by his Dave, I don't know. If it's if it's owned by his estate, there's a separate time period. If it's owned by a, a corporation, corporation, there's a different time period. Do, does it go right. right to the estate? Because I was reading something like uh like the Edgar Rice Burroughs estate who made like John Carter of Mars and Tarzan. And Tarzan. Yeah, they're saying that. They actually had to fight a Swedish company to get the rights back to Edgar Rice Burroughs' books. So I don't know exactly how that would happen because, okay, so say if something, it, if you own the copyright, you can will it away just or give it away just like you can give everything else away. Like the author who wrote Peter Pan gave the copyright. He donated the copyright yeah. to a, a, like an okay. orphanage or something. Right. That's awesome. And you can will, just like Edgar Rice Burroughs, maybe he, maybe he willed the copyright to that company i don't know okay but you can yeah. and that's probably what tolkien did he willed it to mm-hmm. his son or whoever um that's a lot of foresight to be able to <laughs> know that you're gonna be worth that much and then will those ideas yeah away, but well generally you just leave it to your family anyway. i mean yeah. but yeah. but if you say you don't will it say you don't have a will everything you owned including your, your copyright would just automatically go, go to your family yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cray stuff. cray. Um. Anyways, moving back to those <laughs> gamely boys. I have a question for you, Josh. This is something that is near and dear to your heart. Pass. <laughs> uh, oh my Josh, goodness! Telephone, hard Jake. Pass. <laughs> there is a uh, popcorn, Brian. And I feel like you got one of these last year. There's a new uh, nostalgia console coming out called the Genesis Classic. I want to say by. Flashpoint or Flashback Games? Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, first of all, there's a bee about to buzz into your sandal. There's a bee and in here? Two, yeah, that's right or is it a June there. bug? It lo- it looks which are wildly different. Slightly bee-ish. <laughs> so. Slightly bee-ish. Uh, anyways, yes. Okay, great. So anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I just thought all of our listeners should know. Like if Brian screams in the middle of my con- my, oh my talk. Anyways, like. yeah, yeah. Very um, warm in so here. So talk yeah. to us it about is. this. Okay, the Genesis Classic. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. But uh, I, yeah. I lost it at that. The Genesis Classic, there is a big uh, rigmarole, I guess you could call it. Over, <laughs> I don't know what that word means. Yeah, rigmarole <laughs> over... Uh, That's rigmarole. Yeah, people, there idiot? There? People <laughs> putting... Rigmarole. Rigmarole. It's Real quick. Rickroll. Off topic, there is a B in this room Maybe break time? I'm going to be on it right now. Josh, you're going to have to hold those thoughts. Be back soon. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. 
Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. So now that that B-sitch is We're done. We're Oh, man, you guys. Anyways, that was a live B. We uh, released it back into the wild safely without harming it. PETA, don't worry. Um, PETA. It's, it's actually PETA when you're dealing with bees. B, oh, my goodness. The PETA corporation. They just have a separate corporation <laughs> just for bee endangerment. Um, anyways, wing it. it's like that M. Night Shyamalan movie. I want to get back to that. Sweet Genesis <laughs> News. Okay, so Genesis News at Games is releasing. <laughs> you, you probably, I think we talked about this already, but at Games is releasing a classic Genesis console, and they promised us 85 classic Sega games and Game Gear games. But what they didn't tell us was that there's a bunch of shovelware. So there's a lot of games. Shovel Knight. Yeah, Shovel Knight. Exactly. But there's wow. a lot of games that weren't originally designed for Sega. They were actually designed for the iOS Ew. that they threw on there. So you have like Sonic Dash and, you know, I could probably look through this list and find others. But Do it. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> can you, can you just start right, from just, the top. Just, just read just the whole me, list. Here's, here's the list. Okay. Do you guys really want to know? Not the whole no. list. <laughs> wait, wait, give us, give us mean, an example of some of the good games the that you're excited for. Okay. And then some of those weird games you're talking about. Shovelware. Good games I'm excited for. You got uh, Vector Man. Love Vector Man. Uh, fantasy. Is that like a math game, or you don't. You guys don't remember Vector Man? Yeah, you don't remember Real Vector quick, Man. Real quick though, he's like he's awesome. He's, he's like he's green. the villain he in was, uh, he was Minions like, One. He was no. like, well, I mean that'd be Despicable cool. Me. He was like Sega's uh, Bomberman. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. He's like green uh, and he looks cool and then he go- walks forward. Let and me like, Google image it. Vector Man. What you're okay. saying, Brian, does not ring a bell. That doesn't yeah, sound Vector cool Man at all. was like a really cool game from Sega Genesis. Anyways, Josh, continue with this while I'm playing. They got they got some Golden Axe, some Mortal Kombat. You got good games. Fantasy nice. Star, love it. Um, you know, you got your your chess games, your checkers. <laughs> yeah, what's what's the? Yeah, uh, we looked at Vector Man. Jake and Dave do don't know what Vector Man is. We do not recognize. Tell me, he's green, right? He's a green guy made out of balls. Do not recognize him. Yeah, he's made out of balls. Um, huh? Yeah, he's an amazing boy. But hey, do you know what this this game list is missing? Streets of Rage, man. They don't have Streets of Rage one or two. One of our favorite. No, it's not even on here. Like why? That is one of the bands. One of the streets oh. of oh, profits, yeah, of, streets profits of, of rage. Man, they were the best. We, we went to high school with this guy. You did too. Yes. Who? Nate. Nate. I won't Huck. say his last name. Okay. But Nate, Nate was in a band Buck called Streets of Rage. Do you remember that? Streets of Rage. Did you ever hear about this? No. Oh wow. Yes. I knew that. We you all guys, went to high school. I knew with that them. you guys had a band <laughs> all, together. All of four of us went it's, to this high school. What What are they like, Brank? Are they kind of like a Plain they, white tees. They were exactly like uh, Hello Goodbye. Hello Goodbye. Do you guys remember Hello That's Goodbye? The band. Yes. yes. They were yeah. exactly like to the like the lead um, singer. A little used... more like angsty and mm, like okay. sexually frustrated oh, though. Okay, that makes sense. Their songs I, were cool. Their but songs yeah. are fun. I just remember his cover Tons of, of California. Undertones of anger. A lot of hate. Auto tunes of anger. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of hate in their music. <laughs> so much hate. So you know, really, we just, the we dark just side. to bend it. Really, wasn't even that good. No, I, it, it was really fun. I, re- I did really like it. Actually, Do you guys remember their song about Schindler's List and how? <laughs> oh, and the apartheid. Wow. Uh, uh, sorry, anyways, we totally derailed but you, yeah, Jefferson. A- anyways, yeah, there's uh, 
There is the the, the, one, the one shovelware that stands out on here is Sonic Drift Two, which you can purchase on the iPhone. Right? Wait, so Sonic Drift Two is that is that still a Sega game though? It's, it's made by Sega, but okay. it's it but was it's just designed trashy. for the iPhone. Published by so Butts. There's just there's a lot of games on here that were designed for mobile, but they just kind of threw it on there. And I guess that that makes sense because they want people to play them, and they and want, they want 87 games want, on yeah. the box. No, it's 80, that's why it's 85. Brian. Okay, I'm okay. sorry, I, missed, I added two more. What but I've heard those games like Spider. Yeah. Have you guys that? heard about that game? No. Yeah, I was listening to another guy. Uh, I think his name is Peter Brown from GameSpot. He reviewed it, and he had some choice words for it, namely that games like Spider, which they made for the console itself, is a game where you play, I don't know what you're supposed to be, but you kill spiders, and if they get to the cake, which is the other part of the game, then they win. Which, none of this stuff makes sense, but that's how simplistic these games hey, were. but on a side note, isn't that pretty rad that they're making Sega games? Like, designing them for They're not Sega, Sega games. <laughs> this is like a Brazilian company who's making these consoles. Oh, um, so it's a race thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a race thing. Yeah, so no. what do spiders represent? I, I Everything. But they... Each leg each. represents one of the eight deadly sins. Oh. So they... they <laughs> hey, what's that eighth one, just for our listeners? Since... Uh, uh, Pizza. Pizza. Pizza is known as one of the seven deadliest sins. Uh-oh. It's the eighth one. Um, but no, they, they have things like to turn on the controller, you have to press every single button and on the you controller have to twice. Have a, you have to have a screwdriver to get into the controller. Yeah, because so they said it's a safety and it's, reason. It's a very tiny control. It's a very tiny screw that you have to use, it's, too. This is just crazy. Like, Wait, why do you need to get in the controller? Well, to put batteries, to put batteries in it. In it. Oh. <laughs> but that doesn't make sense because in the the original <laughs> Sega Genesis, you just plug the wire in. Yeah, it. they don't it have that. This is Bluetooth. Two Bluetooth controllers. That's stupid. Because mine at home does the same thing. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So is this uh, is this an actual Sega licensed piece of hardware? No, it's a, it's a. It's a what do you third actually, third party? Third yeah, party I don't know. Dude, they must license it out though, right? Nobody's See, like that, that's the only way we can't make our own Sega consoles. Yeah, because right? that, yeah, the, that's the only <laughs> no. way at game, yeah, right? That's well, are we asking I each other? Think so. Yeah, I mean at games, that's the only way they would get away with making. Guys, stuff new like this, podcast right? idea: we make a Sega console. <laughs> oh, Everyone's whoa. doing it. There so are, are we going to describe what we're Not doing? The pre-orders are going to be insane, guys. <laughs> Brian puts the chip inside put, of the console. We put a Raspberry Pi with eighty-five games. Some of them Sega. Games. <laughs> we we spray this. painted the box Sega. Yeah. We changed the name of Raspberry Pi so we don't get sued to call it Blasberry Smy or Blueberry Pi. That's good. Blueberry Pi. Whoa. Blueberry Pi. No one can sue us oh now. Boy, no. Oh not. man. I've only made a few things in my life, a handful, and they were all disasters. <laughs> so. I mean, I like strawberry pie myself. Have you ever baked anything though? I've. Because that, that's what we're doing here. We're baking. This is actually, a, this is turning into a, a, a confection show. Bank I bank baked bank pizza bagels myself today, Ooh, okay? Wow. Put them in the oven. You had pizza bagels for lunch and you're having pizza for dinner? Uh, pizza in the morning. What'd you have? Like evening. pizza? Dude, how do you keep that's that? Uh, you like, how do you keep that, that teen body so tight? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 16 years old, guys. I eat whatever hey, I want. You, you, committed, you committed the so eighth tight. sin twice today. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening. Pizza at supper time. Does anyone not know this? When it's pizza on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. Is that some Amen. sort of marketing campaign? Is that a, or is that or a prayer of yours? I actually bagel came up bites. with it right now. Did you really? <laughs> Chef Pollo Loco. Or <laughs> Chef Pollo Loco? All right, what's the next, That's my what, what's the next topic? Oh, we're getting, and, we're getting and, way and, out here. Um, El Boyardee. Oh El Boyardee. El Boyardee. Dave, let me know about a game that just sold for a ton of bucko Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
the Ultimate Evil Edition. Oh. <laughs> Damn you! I just want to bring it back to something I'm knowledgeable. Um, so, yeah, that Mario yeah. for regular Nintendo. That Mario. Sold for 30G on eBay. Yeah. And it was a it was a rare version of the game, right? Sealed. Sealed version nice. of the game. Wait, Never is that... Never been opened. Is that what makes it rare, though? See, is that's that what I sealed? wasn't sure about. Is that what made it rare? I, I think that was what made it rare. I didn't get a chance to delve too deep in, but I know that the people who were like way into the subject matter didn't say that the box or anything was different. They said it was a normal one. It was just sealed. So... Did it come with the movie? Yeah, it, came with, <laughs> it was a double feature. It came with the VHS tape and the TV oh, show nice and, and the seller. Season. If it the has seller voiceovers by it. John Leguizamo, that's what we all. I actually about. like that movie. Oh my uh, god! Not that it's a good movie. Last time I watched okay. it was at it. your house. <laughs> it's not a good movie. It's a great movie. It is. Oh, we did watch it. Yeah, it's that one was, of the best. I, it's I, awesome. I missed that night. Thankfully, that's when we. You're wrong. I feel like somebody who never played Mario ever made that movie. That's when we learned. No. The actor that played Mario um, had no idea it was a video game. Wow! Well, I mean, it shows he had no idea it was from a video. <laughs> Why game would series. he? <laughs> All right, wait, wait. So let's get back to let's get back to the story that yeah. this, a video game sold for thirty grand. Yeah, the only game that's even done close to that I want to say is Track and Field. I think it's called. It's there were only like oh, I don't know the numbers. Wait, Track and Field for the regular Nintendo that came with yeah. the, like the mat. Dude, yeah. I played that at Jesse's house as a little kid. Yeah. He owned track and yes. field? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Yep. Another 100%. friend we all know. I 100%. All of us know this guy. Yep. Everyone. All, all listeners. Us. Well, all three of us, us do. Oh. And all listeners. Yes. No, all so, of us. I 100% promise you Jesse. we played that game. I think and he figured out a way to cheat on it. We wouldn't run on the pad. He would. We would hit the pad with our hands as fast I'm as we could. I'm almost positive ah. that's the game that normally sells for $15,000 if you have an okay version of it. Okay, we got to call Jesse right after this podcast. Guys, sorry, we're going to get hey, off the phone right after, now. How about now? Hey, I played. <laughs> Let's get this going. <laughs> Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> we call Reggie and not Jesse. We're crank, Reggie. We're crank dialing you, man. Yeah. Hey, I was playing Blue Dragon once, and you know, you're talking about cheating. I took a uh, a neck massager with the things that come up oh. and down, and I got the achievement for pressing dodge a bunch of times. Wow, in a row. Yeah. you are a resourceful. I, I feel like guy. Dink did Thank something you. similar where you like uh, rubber banded the controller, so if you run around like enemies that touch you if you're high enough level will just die instantly we did some <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry catch up experience we did something similar when we were playing uh through six we um there's like this there's like this uh river rapids section yep. with where, Saban. yeah and we we taped the controller so we would keep going around in the circle and <laughs> oh we like God. we like we did it all like we taped <sighs> it and then we played the next day and we all had like 10 plus levels i or just don't it. enjoy doing i don't enjoy playing games i know a lot of people then skyrim you did sneak and you oh you just like run through a quarter oh, yeah. or something and yeah. all and you get like infinite sneak and then you yeah. just set back your level once you did the legendary expansion like a legendary dlc I was whatever. Um, anyways, there's one other thing that we want to talk about before we get to some August games. Is uh, there? We we mentioned Kickstarter earlier, and there was a a game called Unsung Story by the creators of Final Fantasy Tactics, and it was supposed to be another tactic style game uh, similar to Final Fantasy Tactics. Did you guys get a chance to play Final Fantasy Tactics back in the day, PlayStation One game? I beat it on the Vita like six months ago. Well, he played uh, it. Okay. I'm sorry. I had to throw that in there. I heard it. I had to do it. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So this guy, he was coming back. He was supposed to do this game. He, they did a Kickstarter. They raised enough money for it. Just barely. I want to say it was, oh man, I'm 
that at these numbers tonight. Sixty thousand or six hundred? Wait, 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 no, no, it, it passed. It oh, completely. okay, okay. So they, I guess they did quite a few updates for the first year, and they just stopped updating. And then later they said they needed funding. And then all of a sudden, like last week, the backers got an email that said, hey, we sold off Unsung Story to a company that made like a couple Barbie games and stuff. Ew. They're going to make it. To be fair, the company, I can't remember their name again, but... They are going to, uh, they did their CEO said, hey, I know we've never done this type of game before. We do love games. We're going to try to make the best game we can. We can't give you any refunds to all the Kickstarter people because if we do, we're already not making any money off this. So we just want to finish it. So it's it's a, a totally I, weird story. At least it's getting made though. I mean, I commend them for what that. Ha- what happened to that $600,000? Like, where did that go? Like, the what game wasn't mean? made. Like, there was nothing made. wait. wait, wait. But now it's going to the people who are yeah, actually it's going making, to the company it. That's making it. No, that's this is three years from now. They ran out of that money. So where did that money go? Well, was mm. nothing developed? Wait, wait, wait. There Just, was, you said us, there were some updates. Walk us through one more time. There were some updates. They showed like really rough 3D graphics that some people have said may have come from a PS4 game released uh, this year called Natural Doctrine. Well, that sounds great. No, yeah. So <laughs> the idea might be that they actually stole images from another game that was released and uploaded that to show people the work they'd done. It's oh, not proven. That's the theory. That is a theory. And there's nothing else shown. And Yasumi well, Mitsuno, I think his name is, he's the guy who made Final Fantasy Tactics. They said, I want to say a year in, in an update, that he stopped working on the project. So he wasn't even, it was some other guy who started the project that put his name on it to get money. And what I think my guess was to pay him money. If they could raise enough, so was he ever associated with the game? Besides, the, we don't the name? we don't actually know. Okay, that's we the don't. risk of using Kickstarter, though. Right, is but, like, but like we talked about earlier, Shovel Knight, you you do get good stuff. Yeah, you right. do, but it's a risk. No, I'm for it. I'm for Kickstarter. Yeah, there's there's almost yeah. there's almost no ramifications other than bad press for someone just taking all of that money and not really and just screwing everybody. I just to me that's uh, it 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 ruins Kickstarter and Kickstarter has been so great yeah. for so many other things. One of Dave's favorite games, Ukulele, was a right. Kickstarter. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Are we getting into this? I did want to talk a little bit. Let's we'll talk about ukulele, guys. Okay, we can talk a little bit about ukulele now. Uh, no, I mean, okay, you, you're going to ask me why I don't like it? No. There's some tension here oh between God. Dave and Jake. No, it doesn't oh need to gosh, be. Oh, my gosh, there isn't. Guess, if there's any tension, it's put on by you two and not me and Dave. <laughs> they are literally so, yeah, they're so, they're like, so what do you want to ask Jake? Jake has his hands around I'm Dave's throat. because mm-hmm. I remember. Knives. <laughs> guys, but they're butter knives, okay, so they're, okay. they're soft. So let's let him talk. Guys. <laughs> guys. So why do you hate Dave? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, so, so I remember asking. when it was in development, and yeah. I, I saw it and it looked cool. But right off the bat, you were against it. And I'm curious... Why? Okay, so a few reasons. Because <laughs> we both like banjo. I love banjo. You, love, you probably love it more than me. I don't know. fired John Tron, right? Is that why? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't <laughs> care about a that. John Tron supporter. <laughs> no, I. I yeah, I didn't, game. I didn't. Part know. of my theory is when it, when I'm casual about something mm-hmm. and a company takes on and like does some changes, mm-hmm. I let it slide a little bit more. Then versus like when 
they took uh, Frodo to Osgiliath in, in the Two Towers movie, mm-hmm. I was like pissed because that never happened. You know what I mean? I really, I I'm a huge everyone. Lord of the Rings fan, and they change some things. But when I'm not, when I'm like a casual fan and they change some sure. things, I'm chill. So my personal theory was you were a pretty big fan of Banjo. Oh, it wasn't anything like that at oh, all. Oh, okay. So but, I'm 100% wrong. No, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I, he is 100% I wasn't, wrong. I wasn't excited 110%. for that game. It, it had nothing to do with the artist's integrity of the original Banjo-Kazooie game and then going making ukulele. It wasn't anything like that. To me, it was, it just looked silly. And it, it was, awesome it was, was just actually the word. so late that any, I, I just thought it, I didn't think it made very much sense because all the people who would be playing a game like that are our age now. Right. Because and it's awesome. Because it, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't have the patience to play a game like that anymore. I mean, I just don't, but, um, maybe some people do. So to me it was, why didn't they make a great Banjo-Kazooie sequel back in the day when I still wanted to play it, right. which is why, you know, I was, I was just kind of mad at Banjo 2. I didn't think it was a very good game. And so for them to release a crowdfunded whatever game 20 years later i just i just didn't really want to support it and i thought it was kind of silly that's all i don't hate the game i've never played it but that's that's Dave, my opinion i've got all a right. game for you jack and daxter ps2 <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've heard that game is really it good it is a banjo kazooie game anyways did anyone get a chance to play ukulele um just a tiny bit i, I played wait are we arguing over a game that none of us have played no i played no, no, it. i haven't well, i just played it but not beaten it okay no so uh, i stopped Brian, have playing you ever beaten it a game because before? oh my god i played it a that's little bit new, no that, more, that's your new comment no more of this bit <laughs> <laughs> um i it was gonna come up sooner or later Brian. <laughs> it, was, it was i uh i played it quite a bit but i got the x i chose the xbox one version wrongly so I could choose the Nintendo the, Switch, oh, which is what I wanted to do. Poorly. But they've updated it so you can skip the gibbering noises that the people make and yeah. and fix the camera and did a lot of other stuff. So I'm excited to get into it, but I want to play it on Switch because that's the console that I'll, I'll have the patience to sit down and take it with me when I have like free time and I'm not at home. So what have you think of it? What have you thought I, of it so far? I liked it. I think it's a great game, but it's not like it is like you said. It's a game from when we were kids. It's definitely not like a brand new. It didn't fix all the problems that those games had. So yeah, that's what it seemed it's not like. Perfect, from, yeah. but I I'm happy to. Did you crowdfund it? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I got the game like I said on Xbox. But what did you get? What other benefits did you get for funding? I it? didn't do that. That was one of. I don't do he a lot of the extra benefits. Design. He got. I'm sure I'm in like story. <laughs> I'm sure I'm in the thing. <laughs> really got fired, John Tron. They gave me all the stocks, man. <laughs> he, he I'm all, all the stocks. Wait, why He's did John Tron get fired again? Did he say something? He said some racist, said some racist stuff. stuff. Who, who but wasn't he trying Listen to defend to somebody BS. else? <laughs> yeah, I, no, I remember that. That was like, like four? ten episodes ago or who, something. Who got fired? John Tron, John Tron was a voice actor in Ukulele. Oh. But he YouTube celebrity he was John asked Tron? not to he was asked not to do it after he made some sort of it was like a political yeah, comment. I, I want to say I love YouTube stars. Yeah, it was pretty conservative political stuff. I I don't want to get into it too much, but uh, let's get deeper into that. We've already we've actually already uh, talked about it on the show. Oh let's get into. There's one more thing I want to talk about before we take a final break and do our last big topic of the day. Um, I'm nervous. I want to talk that. about. <laughs> We projected last year that Nintendo wanted to sell, I think I said 18 million, but this is another correction I'm just doing late. Nintendo is expecting to sell 15 million Switches this year. You heard year. it, guys. 50 million 50 from million. Brain. You heard it here first. <laughs> Sorry. And 55, by, it's going to rival the PS4. <laughs> it's there, guys. We did it. Reggie, you're crushing Reggie. it. Reggie. Yeah. Crushing it, baby. Yay. 
Um, is that a jet? No. I thought I heard. No, not a jet. He's coming, so, guys. All the jokes. We're doing all, all the, the jokes. jokes. In one. The Vita um, Vita jet is sailing in. It's know. all and all of the lost members are on it too. Like, let's imagine all these rejects from all the different things. <laughs> all right. So how many? Fifteen. So yeah, it's fifteen million, but it's in the first year. So it's from March two thousand seventeen to March two thousand eighteen. That's insane. That's aggressive. If they make that, that will be crazy because that's more than the Wii U sold lifetime, thirteen million, and they're at four point seven now. So that would still be. They have Super Mario Odyssey coming out, so that's a big that time. Looks good. Uh, October twenty seventh. That's on man. the PlayStation Four, right? PlayStation Four only, <laughs> exclusive. The mobile game. <laughs> I just want to make sure when I pre-order. A mobile game, Android's only. It's just like, like Mario runs, only you jog. It's a little slower. Mario jog, oh, okay. And you actually don't press anything. It just you watch Mario <laughs> jog. It's a walking simulator. It's a screensaver of Mario. Set in the Mario world. <laughs> Mushroom Kingdom. Oh God, I can't deal with you guys. Hey everyone, if you're in the Southern California area and are looking for the best way to improve your home, look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today. Whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly, or that punting green to work on your golf game, always green provides installation and landscaping with only American made products such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways. So if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Call for a free estimate today at 714-833-7077. That's 714-833-7077. Or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach. And get your home looking great with Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. A proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and the PCC Multiverse Channels. That's, uh, to us people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts.